When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. R.E.M.? Is R.E.M.? Okay, because I heard somebody talking about this earlier. I think Zay and Chad were actually talking about it. He's like, are we going to get some uh, R.E.M.? I don't know. Is that like a, a tradition that you play? No, but I R-E-M think everybody, because everybody knows that song. Like um, they know yeah. what the meaning is behind it. Okay. So. It has the great uh, in Black Sheep mm. when they're singing along to yep. it in the car. And then it gets to the part where he starts singing faster and faster, and then they just kind of fell off of it. <laughs> I like it. Okay, no. It is, I mean, obviously very iconic, so we appreciate Patrick always hooking us up uh, for all our musically-themed days of the week, but especially a, um, a sentimental new theme Thursday mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. All right, Harge, what you got coming up on Harge Knock Life for the people? I know we've been talking a lot of Dallas Cowboys. We haven't done a lot of it today, but to, now we will. At 4.30, we're going to have our man Kyle Yeomans, who is in Oxnard talking about the Cowboys, ask about some of the injuries and kind of catch up and talk because we didn't get a chance to ask Clarence Hill. We get a chance to ask him about the Trayvon Diggs uh, signing. Uh, well, and that's a lot of uh, Cowboy stories out there. For I wanna, sure. Yeah, I mean, because I want to ask him a little bit about the, you know, really the wide receivers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really intrigued about the addition of Brandon Cooks with that group. Um, and really, I think they could end up being a, a stellar group this year. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Kyle Yeomans, and we'll talk plenty of Cowboys so you get your Cowboys fixed in case you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, also, you can be a part of the show, 512-337-3776. That is the number to the Specs text line. Harge is at Hardball. Harge in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man uh, Patrick Davis said it. Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, let's get to uh, this Sean Payton story because <laughs> I I'm not surprised if you if you follow Sean Payton and you've listened to him over the years, he is very blunt. Yes, he is. He is very blunt. He re- that's why everybody loves doing interviews with him. He just kind of he really doesn't have much of a filter and <laughs> he's kind of lost his ability to communicate with Coach Speak over the years because I just don't think he gives an F. I mean, he, he does not. Remember, there's a video of him out there hitting a bomb. Like, I, Taking I think a he, rip. Yeah, I just think he, he's got Z, you know, zero Fs given at this point, and he's proven himself to be a damn good uh, football coach. So it doesn't matter what's going on. Somebody's going to hire Sean Payton to coach a football team. And so <laughs> Sean Payton was being uh, 
I guess interviewed. And by the way, I'll give uh, credit to. I want to make sure I get. I'll give credit to the um, to the reporter, the beat reporter, because it's his story. It's USA Today reporter, and uh, this story, like I said, it is blown up now because of the comments that. <laughs> Sean Payton made to this report. So it's Jared Bell. That's his name. It's Jared Bell. So he was, this story from Jared Bell basically has quotes from <laughs> Sean Payton talking, essentially talking trash about Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> so here are, the, here are the quotes. I'll just give you the ones that I have. Here are the quotes um, that I was able to gather and collect from the story. So the first one is, and, and it's relatively tame. He's just kind of calling his shot. He said, I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. So he's just talking about, but just calling, trying to call this shot, saying they're going to be a playoff team and be upset if they're not one. And then um, he, he said, oh, man, this is a quote from the story. Oh, man, there's so much dirt around that. He's talking about Russell Wilson and what happened with the team last year. Oh, man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in this freaking training rooms, in the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. He did name names, guys. Mm. He didn't have to say Hackett's name. He did. He said That's it. where it hurts. That's where it hurts. He could have That's said everything he said right there without saying, That's I don't know Hackett. Well, if he just said everything he said without saying, I don't know Hackett, I think he'd have been good. But he went, he went after Hackett. He named names. Uh, when he was also asked about mm, uh, the – you know the the with the drama surrounding Russell Wilson, remember him bringing in his own uh, coach, private coaches, and also having his own office separate from the locker room. Remember all those reports? Um, Peyton said that wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrim- incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. Now, a quarterback having an office and a place to watch film is normal, but all those things get magnified when you're losing. And that other stuff, I've never heard of it. We're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stories that were going around about what was happening, what wasn't happening. The stories of Russell having all his handlers around. Remember, we had the conversation last year about, hey, man, Russell made people call his handlers to set up meetings with him and all that other stuff. Look, there's a reprieve that is happening. You only get to do certain things if they allow it. If they didn't allow it, then none of this would have happened. They allowed it. And you remember all the interviews that they had, they were, Russell and Hackett looked like they were best friends. I saw a bunch of interviews where they were sitting there cutting up together, just having a blast. So for him to go out there on that limb, I know Sean does his homework. I know Sean pays attention to the uh, to the games. I know he went back and watched film, unlike Mike McCarthy, where he lied mm. in, on his interview. I believe Sean was truly watching film, and that's why he can make these assumptions, but you didn't have to call him out by name. Uh, he didn't have to call him out by name, but I, I will say that I think for Sean Payton, remember, he is inheriting a lot of these guys from that team. Yep, yep. And a lot of these guys, their confidence is shaken as a result of that terrible season they had, including his quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
So instead of those guys taking the blame and taking the the onus and the responsibility for that season, I think he, as a leader, wants those guys to know, no, no, you guys are still great players and awesome players. It was the clown show that (laughs) takes all of the responsibility and the fault for what happened last year, even though we know that's not all true. But I think he just that's the the psychology I think he's using here. Um, Here's another quote uh, about (laughs) um, (laughs) about what happened um, with Nathaniel Hackett's team uh, with Russell Wilson and the new Sean Payton regime. He said, quote, this one kind of hurts, too. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like the only thing he was missing was a Seinfeld (laughs) Costanza reference with that one. Here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. <laughs> yes. I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. The last quote that <laughs> got really, you know, got went viral and has Sean Payton in, in a little bit of hot water, at least from the Jets' perspective, is that he said, um, that was a message. Um, they can only beat the blank out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Mm, mm, Another mm. Broncos reporter here said, a Broncos beat reporter uh, said that uh, Sean Payton told him he was trying to evaluate a player and evaluate the game film. He said the offense was such a disaster that he didn't know what he was looking at. I would say I've said that about Texas football like uh, two years ago. I did. I was like, I can't tell you guys what coverage they're playing. I don't know what it is. Right. It's, it was so bad, so disjointed. I have no idea. So confusing. I have no idea what it is. That's basically what he's saying about Nathaniel Hackett. And the reason that this is really, really interesting is because Nathaniel Hackett is now playing, sorry, playing, coaching for yeah. the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. He's their offensive coordinator. And... We know that Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett are close. So close, in fact, and this is already hitting home because week five, the Jets actually traveled to the Broncos. So this thing is going to come to a head at one point, uh, a point of critical mass, if you will, in week five. Robert Sell has already responded to it. (laughs) He's already responded to it. I'm not going to acknowledge Sean. Sorry, go ahead. Play this out. Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Is he? You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But, uh, but as far as you know, what we have going on here, it's, um, you know, the. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. You know, it's uh, obviously we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four, and I'm good with it. You know, but, uh, you know, the guys in our locker room, they they've earned everything that's coming to them. Um, um, and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job, and, and we're focused on us. I get it. There's a lot of external noise. There's a lot of people who are hating on us. There's a lot of people looking for us to fail. There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Uh, but all you can do is spread your wings, keep flying high until those crows fall off and suffocate from the in- inability to breathe. It's a whole other analogy I'll get into later. But, uh, but really, really, really excited about the group we have, the coaching that's going on, and... Uh, 
Um, but I'm going to keep our focus on us and making sure that we're prepared every single day to do the best we can and uh, learn from our past and grow with, grow with every, every moment that we have. Nice. That's a nice response. I like the response. I like the response. Uh, I, I do want to get a class taught to us about animals and just have a nature show with coaches because Sean Payton <laughs> had the quote today about being baby iguanas. And, oh, I, I read that one and, in the and, piece, yeah, too. And it was about snakes coming to get and feed off the baby iguanas. So you have to be too fast. and It's just a nature show hosted by coaches just making metaphors and yeah, analogies. They probably watch a lot of those See what kind of pets though. they are and I'll see what kind of... <laughs> There's Which crows you pecking were, at you and you're a baby iguana. And uh, if you were an animal, what type of animal would you be? You know, some of those crazy combine yeah, questions. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so there's, this thing goes deeper, guys. It goes deeper. So not only do they play each other, and there is a comment, actually, and we'll, we'll read it here in a second, but there, this goes deeper because not only is Nathaniel Hackett on the Jets staff, he's going to be the offensive coordinator, they play week five, but Aaron Rodgers claims that he and Nathaniel Hackett or like BFFs. <laughs> the day he signed, uh, he had his press conference, media availability. Listen to him talk about basically why he decided to be a Jet. They smoked us last year, so I knew they had a good team. <laughs> uh, we got to practice against them a couple years ago, and I got to get to know Robert a little bit more. And I've always loved what he's all about. We played him in San Fran a, a few times, and mostly they got the best of us. Um, but I liked the way that he was leading, his coaching style. Um, a big reason I'm here, uh, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here. Uh, Hackett and I became really close friends for three, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three years in, in Green Bay. And I love him like a brother. And I believe in him. And I'm uh, really happy to be back working with him again. Obviously, Joe has got a great track record so far of drafting some incredible players. Uh, but it takes a system. And obviously, Robert has the... Uh, the right sauce, so I'm excited about getting to work with him and Brick and uh, Mark Kwan, former teammate of mine, and uh, it's a great staff. But, you know, I'm an, old, I'm an old guy, so I want to be a part of a team that can win it all, and I believe that this is uh, a place we can get that done. All right, friend of Aaron. He's got yeah. six former Packers there. They signed this offseason, um, and, of course, friend of Aaron is Nathaniel Hackett, and they are BFFs. Another shot that was taken, fired across the bow by Sean Payton in regards to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. He's making it known. I have no idea why he's picking on the Jets, I but I no love it. Either. I think it's awesome. You know, I love me some trash talk and smack talk. This is fantastic. Okay, so this is what he said. He said, quote, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. He said, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pump and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff we're not doing any of that the Jets did that this year you watch hard knocks all of it I can see it coming remember when uh former Washington owner Dan Snyder put the dream team together I was at the Giants in 2000 I was a young coach I thought how are we going to compete with them Deion Sanders there now that team won eight games or whatever so listen just put the work in yes (laughs) yes this is WWE style stuff baby he is calling out the Jets guys we're talking about now this being one of the highest-rated games of the NFL season. It's must-watch television. Well, especially if Denver's not doing well. Exactly. <laughs> 
You still oh stand there, huh? You stand there, right? Is standing on corpses right now. I then. love it. He's like, oh man, these guys might get up. I love it. Come on, guys. This is I'm awesome. I'm all in on this. I, look, I've already said who, it. What side are we taking? I'm taking Sean Payton's side to hell. I just like that he's talking trash. I'll take Sean Payton's side. I still, just, got, I still have my. The Jets are a better Jets team. Gonna, hey, it's yeah. clear the Jets yeah, are a better team. Wait, did any of us pick mean? Denver to make the playoffs? No. no. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm talking about just trash. No. So I said WWE style. The person I pick in the WWE matchup is not always going to win the fight. But that's, that's very I, true. I, I like the way they promote it. The match. Yeah. You got to promote the match. And right now, it's like the Elon Musk, Mar- uh, Mark Zuckerberg thing. I'm like, I kind of like the way Elon Musk is promoting the matchup, so I'm going to choose his side. Yeah. Man, Sean Payton is talking some trash. Well, it's getting them back, back into the, the news, right? Because all, all the things that we talked about last year, dealing with Russell Wilson, how he didn't play well, the team. Remember, they had a disaster on the sideline. They were wow. wanting to fight him coming to the sideline. The offensive linemen were yelling. The defense was yelling at the offense. This is awesome. He's trying to get this team rallied behind Russ and making them believe. But he's also looking at Nathaniel Hackett and saying, this is all your fault what I'm coming in here to. Exactly. This is terrible. (laughs) So whatever happens at this point, I look like a miracle worker. That's where he's trying to put himself. Well, and he said the worst division for that, too. I mean, yeah. Kansas City's going to win Kansas, division. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you're after Kansas that, City. You the pecking order no, starts after that. In all honesty, is if Russell Wilson doesn't come back and have a Pro Bowl season, then all this trash talking goes out the window. Because if he's just even okay, you're like, man, you talked a lot of trash for not being able to save it. And apparently it wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett. And apparently it wasn't all this. So you, you, I mean, you are writing a lot of checks right now. Yes, that's why I love it. This is, like I said, this is what I, happens. I do hope, I do hope that this is only the start, and oh, we get man. sixteen to seventeen more of him trash talking other Keep teams. Keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming. Yeah. Sean says Sean is smoking too much of that stuff. <laughs> hey, he ain't smoking enough of it. Usually that stuff calms you down. Well, he must no. got the sativa. <laughs> no, he's, he, he just forgot he ain't an announcer anymore. Yeah. Well, I just like, but you know what? Like I said, I'm all for it because if you're if you're Commissioner Goodell, you got to go, okay, didn't know that was going to be a marquee game. It is now. Yeah, now right. added to the list yeah. of marquee games. Exactly. That, that wasn't on the list. The one was circling Jets Broncos at the beginning of the season. I no. was like, okay, so now that's a must-watch game. I got to go so I, if that's not on national TV, I'm going to have to go somewhere to go watch okay. that game. Let me tell you the other games <laughs> that are on. A th- it's a 3 p.m. game uh, on the Fed. There's four other 3 p- or three other 3 p.m. games. Bengals, Cardinals. Well, not with Joe Burrow. Now, it, well, <laughs> yep. but that was probably not. Like and not with the Cardinals anyway. Not the Cardinals anyway. Eagles, Rams. Not really. No, no. Rams ain't that no, no, I'm not that anymore. excited Chiefs, about Vikings. That. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Now, it, now the quarterback's out. Everybody loves Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. The, they're that, both on there. Yeah, that was not bad. I like that. One. That's, and that was both of those guys that were on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that so, both yeah. so that that's the one that'll probably get national that'll, coverage, that'll and this one won't even be on national TV. Yeah, no, that's all right. So, won't even uh, be Robbie, you have to go somewhere to watch. It. I will. No. I'm, uh, I, hey, don't worry, <laughs> Sean Payton. You got me now. You got you got Robbie's viewership because I'm watching that one. Guys, let's not forget what just simple trash talk did for women college women's basketball. Yep. Yeah. It did. I mean, it, remember, it was LSU and, and Caitlin Clark. Unbelievable. Yeah. Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and yep. what's the man? Uh, Van Leith, what's her name? Yes. Yeah, now she's at LSU. Just she talk. transferred from Louisville Dude, to LSU. We just watched the women. Yeah. Obviously, these women are tremendously talented. But we hadn't been watching them because they're tremendously talented. They started talking some trash to each yep, other yep. and taunting each other. They were like, wait a minute, let's see other. what we got. Guys, the audience, they got, a, they got 9.9 million viewers. For that national championship game, yeah. nine point nine million viewers, guys. 
for perspective on that, they had more people watching the uh, <laughs> that women's championship game than last season's the season project Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, and Cotton Bowls. Your Big Twelve, Pac twelve, ACC title games: Notre Dame, USC, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas A and M, Bama. Yeah, all because the women were talking some trash. Hell, the it got more people watching it than twenty twenty three Thursday night football in the twenty twenty one NBA finals. That's because people couldn't because find it on Amazon on Thursday. Trash, man! <laughs> they were talking trash. It helps. Yeah, it you does. Promote, that's why they promote boxing events and yep. they promote fighting events. That's what. That's basically what this is. Yep. This is done to promote a fighting event. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm excited about it, it too. Right. It'll probably because, be a dud, as Patrick mentioned. It will terrible. not be. I don't think it will be. <laughs> but, I think it's oh, going to be good because of be, the fact of who the coaches are. It's going to be two two-and-two two teams. Salah's a <laughs> defensive-minded <laughs> defensive coach. Salah's a defensive-minded coach. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. That's good. So it's a personal thing. That's a good point. you got defensive backs there. Patrick Sertain, and then you have uh, Sauce Gardner Sauce on the a. other side. you got Gary Wilson. You don't know who you have as their wide receiver That's true. for the the yeah. Broncos. So oh, he he's he lim- Garrett Wilson limped off the field too. Yeah, he got hurt today too. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the Joe Burrow. There's news. a lot of uh, there's a lot of news that is out there. Uh, oh yeah, so those don't know. We'll get to a harsh knock life, but yeah, Joe Burrow was carted off the field with a calf injury of some kind. So yeah. that seems pretty serious. Right, what you got for the people on harsh knock life? We're gonna talk to my man Kyle Yeoman so we can talk about the Dallas Cowboys, what he's seen at spring. I mean, at training camp, some of the injuries, some of the pays, and when is Zach Martin gonna go to camp? That is a really good question, and yep. we'll ask them all of Kyle Yeoman's on the other side on harsh knock life right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter. At Hardball Hard, you can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man that's in charge of all of our themes at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that we've heard on these airways with us multiple times. He's a great play-by-play guy, pre- and post-game TV host. He is one of the best analysts, and he is a good friend, and he also represents the 254. Right now he's with the Dallas Cowboys in Oxnard, California. It's my man, Kyle Humans. How you doing, Kyle? All right, Mike. I, I, I need you to leave the, the horn, and I need you to just come follow me around and give me an intro everywhere because that was one of the uh, – the best intros I've heard, and, and I appreciate you guys having me as always and excited to talk some football again. Hey, so. hey just so happens I might be able to do that for you. But uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, how much does it pay? Uh, what's, the, what's the salary on that gig? I, say, <laughs> I might I be able to do I that, my brother. I can, 
I, I don't think I could afford you. Are you kidding me? There's no way. <laughs> so tell us what is happening out in Oxnard, California. Obviously, early in the week, we got the Trayvon Diggs uh, signing done, and everybody, some people are excited around here. Some people are still hating because that's just what they do. But uh, I'm just curious to how soon will we get Zach Martin in the camp? Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's going to get interesting here in the next couple of days. We we haven't heard an official update either from the front office or Mike McCarthy, but, I mean, some of the players are kind of starting to show maybe some behind-the-scenes of what's happening. Terrence Steele, or excuse me, uh, Tyler Smith today said, uh, said that Zach Martin texted the entire offensive line and said, hey, don't worry, I'll be back soon. And so that was kind of something that came out of Today's practice, and then Dak Prescott today was saying that he's been in constant contact with Zach and uh, that he's, he's really had the, the constant communication. Uh, and then Dak ended up saying – or ended his press conference by saying, pay the man. So I think the, the, the message around this team is pretty clear. They want Zach back, and there's no doubt about that. They want him to be back in the fold. They want him to be healthy going into the season. And in order to do that, he's going to need at least – a little bit of a ramp-up period before going into week one, and it's not going to come from those preseason games. So hopefully we'll see Zach Martin soon, whether that's a a resolved contract dispute or what ends up happening. The holdout is still continuing at the moment, but uh, at least coming from the players, it, it feels like they're not fretting it too much. Hey, Kyle, you know this team as well as anybody. What, um, what does the Texas Coast offense uh, mean to you, and have you noticed any um, differences in what the Texas Coast offense may look like compared to last season? Uh, yeah, so the, the Texas Coast is kind of what Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott tabbed as a, a variation of the West Coast offense. Of course, the West Coast coming from the 49ers and Marty Schottenheimer, who is a, a – a, semifinalist for the the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer uh, and, a, and a great mentor of Mike McCarthy's. And so Mike has always had that West Coast feel to his play calling. And with him being back at the play calling helm for the first time since 2018, uh, he, he wants it to be uh, simplistic for his quarterback. He wants things to be fresh and wants things to be uh, full of options for Dak Prescott to make things easier on him as, as he goes through the progressions, as he goes through a game plan. Uh, he doesn't want to overdo it. And, and it's so early. We've only seen two practices, and both of which have been without pads. But we can see a lot of the horizontal com, uh, concepts. The, the, the vertical game has been tested once or twice, but that's really about it. The rest of it's within 15 yards of play and, and getting receivers open, getting the ball in, in the hands of your playmakers and allowing them to go and do some work. So I, I think that's going to be the biggest change. I don't think it'll be a complete overhaul of the, of the offense that Kellen Moore ran last year because there were some things that did go well with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. They put up great numbers. You just got to have that consistency as a play caller to push through an entire 17-game season. And I think that's what the, the experience of Mike McCarthy is going to provide a, a bit of a challenge uh, and, and a bit of an advantage, per se, for this, uh, this Cowboys offense. Yeah, we're excited. I'm I'm excited about this Cowboys offense and what the possibilities can be. But the biggest question is the running back position. We still don't know uh, if Tony Pollard is going to be that every down back that everybody thinks he can be. You bring in Deuce Vaughn. You got Malik Davis that is there. What what does the running back position look like or need to look like 
for you to believe that the Cowboys have a legitimate chance late in ball games where they're trying to bleed the clock, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think Tony can do that sort of stuff, but that's just not his game. And so uh, Tony Pollard's the home run hitter. He's the one that's going to come in and, and provide a, an electric shock to your offense when it needs it most. I mean, he had the longest rushing touchdown and the longest receiving touchdown in, in the Cowboys franchise last year. And that's not by accident. I mean, that is absolutely by design. And I think that will remain somewhat the same. I mean, he may see more carries, but he's never had a game where he's put over 22 carries on the board. And he's only had one game, and it was a game where he had 22 carries. Uh, that's the only game he's had over 19 carries in his career. So I think they would be doing Tony Pollard at his service if they were to, to take him – and, and push him into a, a three-down back scenario. So you need one of these other guys to step up. You need a Malik Davis, who who is entering uh, another year uh, uh, in the fold and, and having a complete offseason is, is certainly going to help him. Rico Dowdle's in that conversation. Deuce Vaughn, the rookie from Kansas State, and I know you guys know him down in, uh, in, in the Hill Country just from his time in the Big 12. But he, he looks good in the early days, despite some of the, the challenges that he has from a smaller stature. Uh, I think it really looks like he he's going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. So there are some names on the table for the Cowboys, but you got to really get the pads on first before you can truly see which one of those running backs is starting to distance themselves. Hey, Kyle, this text, I mean, this uh, Cowboys defense has been one of the best in the NFL the last two seasons and actually led the NFL in takeaways the last two years. There is a belief that they could be even better than their top five status the last couple of years. Uh, do you believe that the Cowboys could be better than that? And, and what is better than top five? They're going to be the best defense in the league? I, I think they can be. And, and the reason being, I mean, look at all the playmakers on that side of the ball. You look everywhere and you've got investment. Uh, top to bottom. I mean, you just paid Trayvon Diggs, uh, which I, I, you talked about it off the top, Mike. Some are excited, some are not. I'm certainly excited to, to see Trayvon Diggs get paid and that fact that he's going to continue to grow into the into his role. But you bring Stephon Gilmore into the fold. You have some depth at corner. The safety group is as deep as it's ever been for the Cowboys specifically. Uh, and then now you've you've got some investment on the off or on the defensive line with Mozzie Smith and. Of course, Micah, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, they feel stacked on that side of the ball. And, yeah, they've, they've led the NFL in takeaways the last two years, first team since the Steel Curtain defense in the 70s for Pittsburgh that did that. But now now I'm interested to see how they take that next step. How do they, how do they really solidify themselves as not only the best defense in the NFC East, but maybe the best defense in football? And that's the goal for, for Dan Quinn this year is he wants to, to make sure that they continue to get better and continue to grow because they certainly have the playmakers to make some noise. Kyle, you brought it up on the, on the defensive side. You brought up Deuce a little while ago on the offensive side. But another name that a lot of people around here want to hear about is DeMarvian Overshawn. We, we've heard a lot of conversation already about him yesterday. Coach Mike McCarthy brought his name up, talking about he comes to the field ready to work. Uh, mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about the special teams part of it. But it's ironic that he is playing that weak side linebacker position, and so is another Texas Longhorn, Malik Jefferson, in that same speech, uh, same uh, area. 
What what has DeMarvian Overshone shown you so far since he's been here, even when they got to that little mini camp and now in the training yeah. camp? Well, I think he's got versatility. Uh, he can play in coverage. He can come and rush the passer. Or he can play the traditional linebacker role and, and play the run and, and really make a read. So I think that sort of Swiss Army knife mentality is what Dan Quinn was really interested in when they took him in the third round. So uh, the fact that he's showing the athleticism, he's showing an ability to to understand the playbook. I mean, he's been in two practices so far, and I I don't remember a time where I've looked up and seen uh, DeMarvian overshone out of place by any stretch. So uh, he looks like he's comfortable. I spoke with him yesterday. Uh, He said he feels comfortable, and then he's really kind of taken the extra time to to really digest the playbook and, and understand its concepts. And I mean, that's, Easier said than done whenever Dan Quinn's your defensive coordinator because he's going to throw some crazy stuff at you, and, and it seems like he's up for the challenge. So I think if you're a fan of, of the Longhorns that are going to the NFL, continue to keep an eye on 35 for the Cowboys because I think Overshone may make some noise by the time this year is said and done. Hey, Kyle, let me ask you about the, the tight ends for the Cowboys. You lost Dalton Schultz, who was arguably Dak's favorite target, actually, last season, and drafted yeah. a tight end in the second round with Schoonmaker. Uh, that's a group with about four different guys. Were you talking about Ferguson or, or Hendershot? What are your thoughts about the tight end? Who's going to step up there? Are we talking about a money ball platooning situation? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a, a number of guys that they feel comfortable with. They, of course, liked what they saw from Jake Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot as rookies last year. I think Ferguson's currently your starter because he is the he's the more well-rounded tight end option. He's the more uh, NFL-ready tight end option, whereas Hendershot still needs to develop as a blocker, uh, though he does have some down-the-field ability. Uh, they really like the, the the young tandem there, but also they, they like John Stevens. Uh, they call him Stretch. He's a, an undrafted free agent from Louisiana Lafayette. And he was at LSU beforehand, uh, ended up going to Lafayette and and played very sparing uh, time in in college football, really, in general. So he's very raw. The talent is raw. And I think you can see some of the vertical ability, which is why they call him stretch, because he's also got some size to him as well. So I, I keep hearing, watch out for John Stevens. Watch out for this guy. Today he had a great practice, and he ended up having a touchdown grab in the 11-on-11 section of uh, of practice. So I think he's off to a great start. The the second-round pick, Luke Schoonmaker, it's it's been a little disappointing so far. He's been dealing with a foot issue really since the the rookie minicamp began. And so we haven't really seen what what Schoonmaker can do. He's he's unknown at the moment because he he hasn't been on the field. He's been doing his workouts. He's been getting closer. I, I talked with him a couple days ago as well. Um, and he said that he's he's getting close, he's ramping up. And, and so hopefully that means he'll be on the, the, the field sooner rather than later. But they've got at least three tight ends, maybe more, that they feel very comfortable with and that are going to try and utilize in this offense. And we also want to know about the wide receiver position. You know, Michael Gallup coming back on that second year after the ACL injury. Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks looks like he's in great shape. C.D. Lamb is C.D. Lamb. But who's going to be that other guy that we're going to be paying attention to? I know you brought up John Stevens, but I saw some video of, of Jalen Monroe uh, Cropper, Cropper um, that that Cropper, he's ma- yeah. yeah he's been making some plays, and we haven't even talked about Cavante Turpin 
much. We haven't heard much news about him. What's the latest in, in that fourth wide receiver area? Yeah, honestly, I, I think it's it's a, a competition between Simi Fehoko and Jalen Tolbert. And, and right now, Jalen Tolbert is the talk of camp. I mean, he may be the most talked about individual because he's all over the field. I mean, he's making receptions. He's blocking. He's um, consistently doing the right things in offense. And today he had a, a nice grab in, in 11 on 11 where he tiptoed to the sideline and uh, then he turned around and made another grab in the middle of the field. So he's kind of worked the entire field so far. I think there's a lot of excitement around that, especially since he was bit uh, he he was an under the radar guy and he was a bit disappointing as a rookie third round pick. But now he looks like he's he's clicking and he's starting to figure out things offensively for this team. And I, I think that's going to go a long way if he's able to contribute. Then it's almost like adding another Michael Gallup into the fold, a third round pick that has some downfield threat ability and some sideline ability as well. And so uh, if he can continue to grow and and build off of the camp that he's had so far, I think there's a lot of excitement around what Jalen Tolbert could bring. Uh, Additionally, I I really do like the, uh, I mean, Simi Fajoko's had a good practice or a good couple practices. Kevante Turpin's been a little banged up, so I don't think he's necessarily full go yet. He's been really limited in his snaps. But they, they certainly have those those options, along with Jalen Moreno-Cropper, uh, the, the undrafted free agent from Fresno State. So they're throwing the ball around a little bit, and Dak's got some targets to throw to. They love, they really like people from Fresno State. Deron Bland from last year, <laughs> and now they're trying to make some other moves. You, uh, Jalen Tolbert, you brought him up. He's learning how to be a pro, just like you, my friend. As always, I appreciate <laughs> you jumping on with us and uh, continue to uh, follow Kyle at Kyle underscore humans on uh, social media. He will keep you up to date on all the happenings in Oxnard, California. As always, brother, thank you for taking the time, and I appreciate you. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Shout out to, to Central Texas. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. 254 representing, as always. Oh, there he is, my shizzle. man, my man Kyle. There oh, he is. shizzle. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 the Horn. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo, I'm sorry, Mangoo-Doo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I uh, had an off-the-record that we wanted to get to, and we still can get to some off-the-record topics, but there is, seems like there are breaking news happening uh, all the time uh, these days. No doubt. Uh, the breaking news is that, <laughs> uh, and I can't believe it's a real thing, but it is. So the Big 12 apparently um, put, like, put out a statement, because it's from the Big 12 Twitter account. A statement from the commissioner is what it says. And then it reads, Irving, Texas, July 27, 2023, in parentheses, the following statement was released today by the Big 12 Conference through its commissioner, Brett Yarmark, regarding the University of Colorado. And then all it says, in quotes, is, they're back. <laughs> That's it. I love it. Dot, end quote. Yep, period. I love it. End of statement. 
Love it. Wow. Yeah. Is that like a reference to MJ? It is, definitely. That was almost the exact same statement yeah, like that the, he did. But the like, difference was back. they wow. had the facts that in. Wow, that's swag right there. It was fuzzy. It was fuzzy when it came across. I remember they put a picture. Like, what is that? MJ's handwriting is terrible. That's terrible. Exactly. But there you go. So it is official. Official. Colorado's on their way back to the Big Twelve, gentlemen. Beautiful thing. We won't see them. Uh, we won't see him. We will <laughs> not see him. I, I am curious if Dion's going to take any shots at Texas and Oklahoma on the way out. Y'all Why was not? scared of you. It's Dion. Y'all so was scared. Y'all well. knew we was coming. Why not? He kept saying, "We coming." Yeah, he did. We coming. I, maybe this is what he was talking <laughs> about. He meant, maybe huh? he, he knew before everybody that they coming. Exactly. Now the that's why he took you, the job. What do you think Klyovkov is doing right now? I, I'm not even sure if they're really going to go. You That's where what? he's sitting there. I'm I don't thinking. think he cares. I don't think he cares. Uh, guys, good riddance to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Good riddance. We don't need him. I think they got a guy who actually doesn't care enough. I'm not saying he doesn't care at all, but he doesn't care enough. So I think he's thinking about, you know, getting them a, a contract, whatever the best one he can get, and then his golden parachute that he's going to get. Dude, Once he, he's fired, if, he's going to get his millions yeah. and go, go somewhere and if kick If this it. dude literally told the presidents of these schools, will you all get a bigger cut now? I'd hang up the phone and be like, I'm, ne- I'm never talking to that dude again. I'm never talking to that dude again. <laughs> yeah. And that's a nice pitch. That's another way to spin it. The spin zone. Hey, 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 now you get a bigger cut. Y'all get a pay raise. Of what? Of what, sir? Yeah. Of what? Yeah. Uh, how about this as another story for off the record, guys? You know uh, Killian Mbappe, who was mm-hmm. offered $776 million for one season uh, to uh, play for Al Halal, the Saudi club. He turned it down. He's refusing to even meet mm-hmm. with him or negotiate with the Saudi club Al Halal. He's not even. Maybe he's playing hardball, but right now he he's not he's not going to play for them. I feel like there's something in these contracts. Wow. I feel like there's something they're not telling us that's in these contracts. Maybe they want to like, play in Saudi Arabia. Well, it might be that, but it might be like, hey, uh, also you have to have this amount of dinners with like the families, and you have to have this, and you have to. You know, you have to go sure. on public, public relations yeah. moments where yeah. you're yeah. speaking out for us and you're doing because it's so much money that it makes sense that they'd be like, oh, no, no, we also want you to be like a spokesman for us. Yeah. And then you'd be like, well, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you read down, you're like, oh, and if you get caught doing this, then we'll put you in jail. And if you get caught doing this, then we could we have the rights to execute you. And if we do this, but if you if you play well, we'll do it. And you're like, wait, would you say an execute? Why is that in there? Why is yeah. it in my contract? Yeah, like He's I don't know, also, yeah. I don't know what's in the contracts. I will say that this is the second time that they've been uh, turned down now in a row by a famous soccer player because reportedly Messi was also offered about one point six billion dollars actually to play for what two, three seasons, three seasons. Yeah, three I believe it was three seasons actually it was. Well, the funny thing is too, think about it. The only person that did accept it is Ronaldo, and Ronaldo will accept anything. He just don't care. He's over there playing too. He's like, I'm a mercenary. I'll take the cash. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at it like that too. And think about it. All money ain't good money. So maybe that's why he's also saying that too. Maybe, maybe he's standing on some principles. Well, maybe he doesn't need the he doesn't need the money. Yeah. He doesn't need it. You want the money, but, but he's I mean, getting he's getting get that. He's getting paid plenty of money. I mean, you know, I know. But Aaron Rodgers just took the biggest pay cut in NFL history. I think in a lot of history. Thirty five. <laughs> no, Thirty five million dollar pay cut I over think two in a years. A lot of history. So yeah. you know, some guys, you know, maybe you know, the money doesn't matter as much to yep. them. It's not their top priority. Not at all. Or maybe he's playing hardball and he wants more money. Oof. He wants you to go to a billion. Oh, well, for him, they think he's gonna get that. <laughs> think he gonna if get they that. offer a billion, you think he'll take it? He better for one season. For what? 
It's there $776 million now. I just, man, that's, to these guys, it's nothing. I think that was the tax. $1 billion is nothing yeah, to them. Yeah, I mean— <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's there's something else in there. It could there's be something else. It could be. You know, I, I don't know what the contract's saying. You got it could be something else in there that he wanna do. And maybe that's part of the negotiations. Like, all right, if you want me to do that, you want people to be your spokesman, I need over a billion dollars. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, that mm. would be man, mm. that's crazy. Like I say, they might oh Tony, watch out, man. You might get an offer from the Saudis pretty soon. Yeah. I want you to come over here and play for a billion dollars. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, the big news from the Big Twelve, all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Land 104.9.